This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Welcome to the food podcast, Side Dishes, a Village Soundcast Network miniseries where we celebrate the flavor of home. I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson. Flavor. It describes the unique taste of food or drink, but the word also captures the character of something, the mood of an event, the tone of a conversation, the feel of a home, the flavor. I met three women in Australia last spring. They were inspirational, real, and layered. The kind of people I wish lived a little closer so they could come over for tea. But we're oceans apart, so instead, I've asked them to share with me the flavors of their home. Because flavor is what I'm looking for, in food, in life, and in my relationships. Hot, sour, salty, sweet, and umami. Together, they're a five-pointed star, an uneven number of tastes, not perfectly balanced, but striving for harmony, just like real life. We'll begin with Flore Valérie Radeau, or Flo as she is known, a French food photographer, videographer, cook, workshop host, blogger, and textile artist, now living in Sydney. She wrote to me from her sunlit home, with views over Gray's Point, with wisps of the Hacking River peeking through the leaves. It was autumn when I visited Flo, but the glass doors were wide open, the white cotton curtains were blowing in the wind. Cookbooks lined the walls, the floor, the counter. I followed Flo on Instagram long before this visit. Her beautiful images and videos took me along on her travels, or to work with her, she created video stories of people living creative lives. But it's her Instagram stories that I love the most, her quiet voice narrating, as though Flo has snuck you into a place where you're not allowed to go. Dear Lindsay, when you visited me last May in Sydney, you asked me to write you my thoughts about the flavour of home. And it's funny because that day, while you were sitting at my kitchen counter as I was making lunch, you asked me questions about me, about my past, as you would a guest of your podcast. And all I did was reach out to my cookbook shelves and grab books from my childhood and from my many years out of France, where I was born. Billie Holiday played in the background as Flo moved from fridge to counter, out to the garden and back again, thinking out loud, what should she serve? What did we crave? I watched from my perch at the counter, hungry, happy, mesmerized. She scooped flour into a bowl, spooned in baking powder, a little pinch of salt, and whisked it all together. She added eggs, melted butter, milk. Flo didn't use a recipe, just her memory. Soon there were warm blinis in front of me and a bowl of pillowy creme fraiche. 
Then Flo arranged smoked salmon across a platter and broke apart a finger lime she had just picked from the garden. I had never seen a finger lime before. The caviar of cactus, Flo told me. And it's true. The inside is made up of tiny jewel-like balls that burst with the flavors of fresh sweet pine and a touch of mint. So perfect with smoky salmon. Then there were the cheeses, all used milk, fresh curd, a wrinkled bloomy, something called Jamboree Mountain Blue, and the first raw milk cheese in Australia, Yarrawa. Who knows how to pronounce that, but it was delicious. They all came from Pecora Dairy. Flo says it's the best cheese in Australia. We ate the cheeses with Flo's walnut sourdough and thick slices of saucisson. A French one, Flo told me, from a guy at the market in Sydney. We washed it down with an herbal tea blend from a local tea maker. The blend was called Après Meal, a French-Australian collaboration of sorts, just like Flo herself. It's been a while since I realized that first, I was able to make myself at home nearly everywhere. And second, that I'd carry around these homes with me all my life under the shape of recipes. No matter where I live in the world, I miss the places I lived in before. I was born in Paris and then moved to Burgundy, a soft transition. Then, when I was 19, I lived in London for six months, working as a trainee for the French airline Air France. It was a crash course in cultural shock, lukewarm beer and strangely boiled meat, mint sauce and many things I had never tried in my very monocultural French life. Near Victoria Station, I lived in a house with an old Jewish woman who had a full-time Portuguese cook, also an ex-nun, making mostly ultra-salty bacalao or cod-based dishes with extremely unpalatable pineapple cakes, even for the sweet tooth that I am. <laughs> My host was a charming but nonetheless alcoholic journalist, and she used to say amusingly that her taste buds were cooked in booze, so the food didn't bother her and that she kept Vitalina for the company. That's a very challenging one. <laughs> We were not sure if she got fired from the nunnery for her bad food or her terrible character. A few years later, after spending many holidays in the mythical island of Ithaki, or Ithaca, I decided that the Greek way of life was for me. The sea, the friendships, the artistic life, my favourite music and of course the food. But I was too scared to do it all by myself, so I picked a random boyfriend who was on the verge of being relocated to Athens. And I married him. I stayed for two years in Paleo Faliro, the old beacon, a suburb of the tentacular city. Then, during nine years, I spent all my summer holidays in Lebanon, near Beirut where my husband's family lived. His work took us to Melbourne for three years and Perth, the windiest and most isolated state capital in the world, for one year. 
But my crave for independence and for a happy life took me back to Paris with my two children. And there, hopping with glee in the streets of my childhood with my divorce papers in my pocket, I spent two delightful years of freedom, art gazing and way too much food. Food I had missed so much. I organized dinner parties in my tiny flat with people I had just recently met at the local Australian pub. Everyone came with a recipe from their childhood and we cooked together in a kitchen the size of a laundry cupboard. And one day, just like that, sitting at the pub, elbow on the counter, enjoying a cold beer, I met the love of my life, Wendell who I quickly discovered was on a hunt for flavors. New ones, all favorite ones, and very adventurous ones. We were a match made in spices and perfect ingredients. So we decided to go back to Sydney together, where his family was. See, he was missing the flavor of his home. And we've been nesting there for seven years, adding a new baby to our family. In our shack, overlooking the National Park, life is revolving mostly around the kitchen counter, with lots of friends, neighbors, and family joining the feast. In this rich life, every stop on the way, I bathed myself in the local culture through friendships and cuisine. I learned how to cook what I ate in restaurants or what people cooked for me. Sitting at my Sydney kitchen counter, I miss my mum's cooking, the flavors of my first home, the insanely moist and tender Sunday roast, a beef fillet cooked in her pressure cooker, but also the cheese platter of Saint-Nectaire, exceptional chèvre cheese rolled in ash a nutty comté, or a local stinky sous-mantra. I miss mum's walnut cake from her yearly harvest in the garden, or her caramelized plum tart. And every time I finally decide to come back home in Burgundy, the first question she asks is, what do you want me to cook for you? But sitting at the same kitchen counter here in Sydney, I also dream of the simplest cucumber sandwich from Hammersmith, which I could never manage to plagiarize, or the Riza Jej or Lahmi Bajin from Sahel Alma on the slope climbing up the Mont Liban, or the spider steak echalote in a Parisian cafe, a bit chewy but so tasty with its sweet echalote compote and the simplest fish caught on the beach in Ithaki, sprinkled with salt, olive oil and lemon, served with the freshest choriatiki. So my life has been a permanent quest for these flavors from my different homes. My special moments are when I close my eyes and when this full emdamas transport me straight to the old zook 
I can even smell the Akile and hear the enchanting voice of Feyruz in the background. This need, this habit, led me to accumulate an insane collection of cookbooks, brimming over my shelves and piling up everywhere. It's true. I sat at the counter in Flo's kitchen, my back to a wall of cookbooks. To the right was a shelf full of French jam jars, washed and now housing rows and rows and rows of spices. Over in the living area, cookbooks sat on the floor, stacked, creating a wall of books. There isn't a spot where you cannot sit and reach for one. In my kitchen, I have a few shelves devoted to cookbooks that I reach for the most, but the others are upstairs on a shelf. They're an effort to reach, but not at Flo's house. Her books wrap around her like a big shawl, full of colors and flavors from all around the world. I read each of them from front to back, plunging with delight into the places I love. It also means that a house's daily menu is extremely diverse. Rarely, you'll see the same dish served twice within a year. And I hope that my children's flavor of home is the one of travels. And experiencing it will make them at home everywhere. For me, meals with the flavor of home are also the start of marvelous friendships. They're what creates this very unique atmosphere where people open up their heart and share their stories. You know that I've never been to Canada? My dream would be to come visit you in Nova Scotia and cook a feast for you in your beautiful kitchen I admired on Instagram. We could do a French long Sunday lunch or a Lebanese feast with homemade pocket bread, moist halloum pizzas and tangy tabbouleh. What do you think? Well, until then... I'm very much looking forward to enjoying your podcast, which brings so much joy to my kitchen when I chop, stir and whisk. Your warm voice takes me to places I've never been and tells me new stories enriching mine. As we say in French, au revoir et à très bientôt. Flow. Flo's voice fills my kitchen on a sparkling autumn Nova Scotian day. The kitchen, once the dining room, is full of morning light. I can hear the coffee machine, an old school drip, chosen because we can program it the night before and wake up to the smell of coffee. The house was built in Victorian times, the 1850s I'm told, but the design is Georgian a period known for symmetry, balance, big paned windows, and lots of light. It's the balance that suits our family, old and new textures, sparkling light, and dirty cereal bowls from the boys' breakfast stacked in the sink. The old kitchen is down the hall, now a dark and cozy dining room, with plywood tacked across a broken window where someone tried to break in over the summer. We're waiting for a new window to arrive, one with window panes, just like the others. Our home. It's full of flavors, hot, sour, salty, sweet, and umami. It wants to be full of people. It wants Flo to visit, to move through the kitchen comfortably, jazz floating all around her. 
We'll shuck oysters together, fresh from the Atlantic, and Flo will top them with something from my garden, something I didn't even know was there. Layers upon layers, the flavor of home. find Flo on Instagram, serenading us with her stories at The Flow Show, or visit her website, theflowshow.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes and tell us what you think of our mini-series, or visit us on Instagram at Lindsay Cameron Wilson or at The Food Podcast. Send us a message and tell us about the flavor of your home. Stay tuned for the next side dish featuring writer Maggie McKellar. Thanks for listening. I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.